This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our partner, Audible. Yes, it is. So we are partnered with Audible. That means that if you are looking just to check it out, uh, you don't want to put your card in and just take, take the dive. You can get 30 days for free on us. If you go to audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G or click the link down below. Uh, you'll be taken there. You can sign up uh, for 30 days for free and just test it out. Like there's a lot of stuff on there that you can get for free, a lot of Audible exclusives. Uh, but what I really like about Audible is that out of the hundreds and thousands of audiobooks that they have, if you decide to purchase something, that is yours forever. Like if you decide not to carry on your subscription or you want to take a break or whatever it is, you can always go back and listen to that book whenever you want through the app on the internet. doesn't matter because it's yours. So once again, you can get that for 30 days for free on us. If you go to audibletrial.com slash J-A-T-G. All right. If the streaming gods are blessing us today, we are live right now. Johnny and the Greg. And I am so excited because we have a guest. Greg, who we have here? We do have a guest. I was very excited. Uh, so this is Daphne. So Daphne and I used to teach together. Um, it's been seven years since I left the classroom. And uh, so John and I were talking about topics for this week and we got to the point where we we're just looking at like what's going on in education. And I was like, you know, I bet I could get a couple teachers to come on. So reached out to Daphne. She said, yes, thank you very much, Daphne. And welcome thank to the you show. very much. Uh, we do have another guest that's pending. I guess there may be some inclement weather that might be keeping her. So if she shows up, we will let her in and just jump into the conversation from there. Before we get started, I do want to make a statement that uh, Daphne is here as uh, all of her opinions are her own and do not uh, necessarily mean meet the uh, uh, public view or whatever of, of her district. Where are you at right now anyway? I don't even know. I'm in South Milwaukee. She's in South Milwaukee. So South Milwaukee, if you are listening, South Milwaukee School District, Daphne's here as like a person of her Just own, not, yeah. not a representative of, of your school district at all. So if you don't like what she says, you can piss off. So anyway, <laughs> ah, yeah, that felt good. Uh, so yeah, we, we're going to talk about, yeah, I do. I do have some pent up <laughs> rage from my time in education. Um John's heard most of it. So, mm -hmm. um, so the first thing we wanted to kind of jump into is, uh, looking at the school shootings that are happening all over the country right now. And, um, to this point, I, I did look up a little bit of data, um, mass shootings and by definition a mass shooting is four or more victims mm -hmm. in a shooting. There have been more mass shootings than there have been days of the year so far yeah. so i don't even that know that was shocking when you said that to me i actually yeah. didn't believe it i had to look it up for myself i was like there's yeah. no way now the only thing i did not understand is that usa or world oh it's definitely yeah. usa just yeah. us yeah just um, us. school that shootings is, don't happen that is un anywhere un else believable unbelievable really so that 
yeah, and, and that's where we say this is a uniquely American problem, and a lot of people get bent out of shape about that. But it's true; like it, the, mm-hmm. mass shootings don't happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I am going to bring down here. I swear, after I do this full setup, um, so mass shootings aren't new to the U.S. They like when I was in college is when Columbine happened, and that kind of seemed to kick it all off. It's not that they didn't happen before, but they definitely weren't that high in number. And so we've got a whole generation of kids now and a generation of uh, people, like if it's an adult tacking a school, usually that adult was also raised in that environment of where school shootings are a thing. What is happening in the classrooms now and like training for you guys? Has it changed? Has it do you feel like it's gotten better and do you feel like it's making a difference? Oh, um, well, uh, so I started teaching in 2005 mm-hmm. and in my first school district, we did not do any school shooter, active intruder drills or anything. Yeah. Um, I, I taught in a town where there was a nuclear power plant and we did an, a meltdown drill once. Okay. Um, so I was like, was it, oh, du- was it duck and cover or was it something different? No, no, we like, left the building and got on buses and drove away like a whole oh, oh wow okay yeah i didn't know they better did that. better right i was like well okay we weren't gonna make it but like okay we tried <laughs> <laughs> um and then i want to say probably around 2011 um i felt like we started doing more of the active intruder drills mm-hmm. um and it started just like you know get out of sight turn off your lights all of that um then we moved to learn how to barricade your door we learned how to or they they encouraged us to have things to throw at intruders mm-hmm. in case they were to get in if i remember greg you had um soup in a desk drawer yes i threatened to throw soup yep we had i kept a couple like the big chunky soup cans um one if i forgot my lunch that was kind of the start of it but then uh i usually kept about three or four in there because if an intruder broke through the door um the last thing i mean and i had some athletes in some of the classrooms uh that i taught in and the last thing a a active shooter wants is um like an all-state fast pitch uh coming at his head with a campbell soup can um so that was that was part of the strategy i picked that up from an elementary school teacher who had 40 cans in her room and made <laughs> it so like overkill. seemed like overkill but she's like <laughs> they're little kids and if they're just chucking cans left and right it would cause enough of a distraction that maybe an adult could get in there and do something what what do you have um so textbooks i i, I don't keep soup oh you're like jason Bourne. okay <laughs> yeah cool. so pretty much i have like all my college textbooks on a big bookshelf in the back of my room and it's kind of where my door is and so we always talk about like, okay, we could stand these tables up because I have like, like two person tables. We stand those up. If somebody got in, we're just going to start chucking books. Like that's, that's our option. And like, I have to have this conversation with 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds every year, mm-hmm. you know, when we have the drill and um, we have classrooms, a couple classrooms in our school that are mostly windows. And this last uh, fall actually, we had a situation, our school went on lockdown. Um, it was not a drill. And I was in one of those windowed classrooms and I had a girl in tears. Like, I don't know what to do. There's nowhere for me to mm-hmm. go. And I was like, yep, you're right. 
I don't know what I'm supposed to do with you. Um, And, you know, we have all these like codes that they're supposed to say to release us. And part of me thinks like, okay, we're preparing. Um, But part of me thinks the number of these school shootings that are perpetrated by students, they know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We've telegraphed the plan. So it feels a little odd because it's not like a fire. Like you do a fire drill, the fire doesn't know that that's your drill, right? Like it, it can't outsmart you. Right. Like we've, we've been through layers of trainings where it's like, oh, if the fire alarm gets pulled, this, this lockdown trumps the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Because it could be a fire alarm to drag you outside. Yeah, right. Like that's all the stuff that goes through your head. And it is, it's a lot. (laughs) And now I have my own kids. I have uh, a seventh grader and a fourth grader. And when they started school, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this right away at at 4K. They're learning this. Yeah. Um, How do you, how do you feel when you, nowadays how it's so prevalent it seems like god what is it 130 mass shootings to 92 days yeah. so far that's that's unless something happened changed since friday which it could yeah. have yes um that's that was the number i sent you yeah okay um how do you feel when you first wanted to become a teacher you knew you weren't going into essentially a dangerous situation and now you guys are targets like schools are targets now so how has that affected your mindset in terms of your are you hyper aware now are you are you a little stressed out every day going to work um i'd say i'm a little more aware of like the kids who are super disconnected and if they're acting really different or um you know where their behavior feels off like i feel like i'm more paying attention to stuff like that. Um, so I'm a high school math teacher and like thinking about people's like feelings and how they might, you know, be behaving in a certain day is not usually my norm. I'm not thinking about anybody's feelings or emotions ever. But you got to keep them test scores up, right? I mean, that's (laughs) really, uh, it's just like not my personality either. Um, but to now, like, I feel like that's what I'm more heightened about is just looking for like, Oh, you know what that kid did say, this today like who should i tell somebody that that kids i should just tell somebody that that kid said that thing today because it felt weird Mm -hmm. um you know every time it comes up anytime um that there might be a student alluding to wanting to hurt someone having a weapon having access to a weapon like i forget it i'm just going to tell the counselor and the social worker and all the administrators and get as many people on that that email chain as I can, um, rather than, you know, waiting on it. I feel like, so Greg, you said you were in college when Columbine happened. I was a high schooler. So for me, the shift was we couldn't take our backpacks to class. Okay. Like I grew Mm. up in the middle of a cornfield though. So like everybody, everybody's house had some sort of weapon, but it was all hunting and you know, whatever. Um, but now it feels very different that if people have weapons in their homes they're not just for that purpose anymore and like that's been a huge change in 20 years i think what do you mean they're not just for that purpose anymore i don't feel like 
I shouldn't say I don't. I feel like more people have, and I don't have data on it. So shoot me if I'm wrong. Um, oh, I know we're not here to no, be perfect. We're just. Um, but it seems as if there's more people who have weapons in their homes, not just because they are a hunter. People. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, okay. I would kind of agree with that. And I don't know I if it's too. because, I don't know if it's because I'm more conscious of it now. Right. That makes but, me wonder too. But when, I mean, when I was in high school and, and that was early to mid nineties, like I knew friends who like everybody's dad hunted. I mean, or, or, and they did too. So there were shotguns, there were rifles, and those are the ones you knew about. I never really knew friends that had like lots of handguns, or if they did, their dad had like an old Western revolver or something like that. You, you didn't hear about people ha keeping a Glock in their house unless their dad was right. a cop. Right. Like those um, were things I only heard about on NYPD Blue when I watched yeah, it with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I mean, as an adult, I have friends they have multiple AR rifles in their house and they've got all these little tricks, you know, add-ons and here's, you know, here's the, the extended, the extended magazine for it. And here's the extra arm thing. I mean, all these, you know, the, the, the flashlight or the laser scope underlay. I know people that have those in multiple where I never knew that before. Like, I don't know if it just didn't exist or it was it not, Right. Did access change? I mean, I know I, access did change. I know, I know the laws changed, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the the repeal of the um whatever gun act, yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but it made them a lot easier to get. And right. then manufacturers just started putting them out, and then everybody went, Well, I want one. And you know right. what? I've shot one. Hell yeah, they're fun to shoot. Do I need to own one to protect myself from the government or if someone's coming into my house? I don't think so. I mean, well, I think if, that's, you're, if you're trying to protect yourself from the government, that's kind of a losing battle. It really but is. Like, they if have, you're going to protect yourself from the government, they have tanks. Yeah, yes, they, yeah. they have tanks. They yeah. have drones. They have drones. They have drones. They have, I don't know, people that like do this 24 hours a day, seven days yeah. a week for a living. So trained um, professionals. Yeah. Yeah. And, I've, I'm friends with one of those trained professionals and and he and I have had that similar conversation. He's like, oh, when they come, when they come to take your house or something, I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do with it? What do you think you're going to do with it? I mean, and he's armed to the teeth at his little house. I know he is. Yeah. And I'm like, you know better than I do what they could do if they yes. really want to get your stuff. I right. mean, yeah. 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 Um, do, do you, have you, because since this is heightened, do you, or have you thought about owning a gun, learning how to use it. How do you feel? Let me, let's just answer that question first. Um, yeah, uh, we had one for a while. There was a handgun okay. in our house for a while. Um, it's, it was always in a safe. I mm -hmm. shot it one time, um, slide, whatever, whatever the stupid injury that you get when you aren't careful and you put your, oh, yeah, the, oh, the slide pinched the, you, the pinched. Yep. Yeah. yep. Did that okay. and I was like, no, thank you. I don't ever need to do this again. But like, I know how I've done it and I did not enjoy it. And I think that's my biggest beef with the, and maybe you guys will get there, but um, the whole like, we'll, we'll just arm teachers. That's what I, I was that's I my don't next enjoy question. That. I do not the enjoy it. I don't want to do it. I am not trained to hurt those children. No. <laughs> because if, if it is one of the kids who I've had in class, I'm not trained to hurt that kid. Mm -hmm. Even if, 
Greg, you and I know we've had some students I did not enjoy, but yes. I'm still not trained to hurt them. Right. What, what about like, I don't want to be <laughs> right. No. And you, nor you shouldn't, you, 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 you became a teacher not to go in conflict with your students. Mm -hmm. It was more or less to broaden their minds and help them achieve wonderful things. But my, do you feel like maybe you should start taking self-defense classes if it ever came to a wrestling match or, or I don't, I don't know it, it, the things that I feel like I feel a teacher needs to prepare for now are so not being a teacher. Right. And have you, have you wow. taken the CPI? stuff what's that, what's that? Uh, what's that what's that what's that one okay cpi is crisis prevention intervention oh, when yeah, i when i was a time. special ed teacher it was like yeah. so it, it was made by a former uh he's either like a county sheriff or a chief of police or something like that who got out of that game and went in he created this entire curriculum that's made for teachers and schools of how to safely restrain students yeah it was restraint and how to how to release yeah. A restraint yeah i did yep. that works one. it works okay on on elementary students or if you have a real size advantage over a student i know you don't um <laughs> yeah johnny so you don't know this i'm about five foot one yeah oh so okay in general all of my students are taller than me um they like to tell me how much taller they are um but yeah i'm never even even if i were to go through and i'm sure i could learn all sorts of things I it's not going to work. Be overpowered. It's not going to work. Yeah. They could just uh, hold something over my head. And I would be different. No, no, yeah. I, no, because there is still size. Like she would have to be a lifelong jujitsu master to overcome the size difference. And I know you got your daughter in jujitsu. No, 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 no. I know they're trying to preach that. I'm not. Uh, no, no. I'm not talking about a 250 pound guy coming after you. I'm talking but, about a high schooler. I, I'm sorry. Are you in high school? Well, but they, yeah, and okay. that's how big high schoolers are. 250 pounds. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like our, our linemen are are easily six four, two twenty five, and and muscles. Okay. Right. Like okay. they're wrestlers. They're high school athletes. It okay. is eighteen year old muscle coming at you. Okay. And even if this is the and, outlier and kid, caffeine fuel. Yeah, caffeine. Yeah, caffeine fuel. If, if it's the outlier non-athlete, which sometimes that's the case, right. and but that kid is still going to be able to overpower a lot of the teachers in the building. Like some of the male teachers, maybe not. Um, the high school wrestling coach, no, they, he can get in there and tie him up. But these kids aren't attacking with melee weapons they're no no they're they're, they're coming in with guns um so that's that's the other thing of you know the you know, there's school resource officers every school i think i worked at had a uh, police officer there at least part-time um the talk about arming teachers the the one thing i've heard is that every gun owner knows somebody that owns a gun that you wish that motherfucker didn't have a gun like you want, you know, that one guy is like, he shouldn't have a gun and he has one. So take that and multiply it across the school with all these teachers. I know teachers that should never have carried a gun. Like they're going to be more of a danger to themselves and others because they don't have the training. Um, there were some former police officers that became teachers that I knew of. Um, I'm sure they're not there anymore. They have since retired from that job. Um, or former military guys that became teachers who maybe so that's maybe one extra gun in the building and if you're lucky enough to be in the same hallway when it happens 
if they, I mean, they're going to have to abandon their class to run to wherever the danger is. You're still going to lose a bunch of kids. Like that, that, that negates the good guy with a gun argument for me is that for the good guy with a gun to get there, there's still going to be at least four casualties. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not to mention the, like when you hole up in your classroom, you have to also make the choice of like, do we stay here? Do we leave? Mm -hmm. Like I I can't even begin to run that calculus in my head of like who, who, and if there were people in the building who have guns, now I'm thinking about like, where are they in relation to what I hear? Mm -hmm. Is this the only thing that I hear? Are there others? And then am I staying in my classroom with these students? Do I have any students who can't get to where they need to be on their own? Um, you know, I've got, do I have students on crutches or I have a student in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. any of that? Um, do I have a student having like a full blown meltdown? You know, do I have an autistic kid who, you know, is not capable of kind of processing what's processing going on yep. in this moment Yeah. and then, you know, trying to figure out what to do next. How often, uh, how often do you guys practice this? Um, so it's less often than a fire drill, which is weird. That is weird. Like if you've been in a school, most of the things in a school aren't going to burn fast, but state law says we do them. Um, so when, you, when we were teaching in my last district, I want to say mm-hmm. we did them every quarter. So four times in a school year. Or more. We did a lot. For, a for active shooter? Yeah. yeah. We did like PD practice. We had like, remember they brought in the, the police officers? I, I they remember they- blanks terrifying by the I remember way. they brought in I remember they brought in one guy and it was a it was a plain closed cop yeah and he was I walking sh- the, yeah. he's walking the halls I wasn't there for the blanks one that was the year after I left um oh, it was not but, cool but they were he was walking the halls and just waiting to see if anybody would stop oh, him and yeah. say excuse me sir because he didn't have a guest pass on or anything yeah like that. we were supposed to approach a stranger yeah, because they, he didn't have a, a yeah a pass. Like he yeah, didn't. Get it was a dude. I mean, guy in his late twenties, early thirties, wearing a baseball cap and an overstuffed jacket, just walking up and down the halls. <laughs> and I remember they wa- they watched him on the school cameras walk around. He went into the library, and like walked around, poked his head in some classrooms, and then left. And not one teacher stopped him. Like no, nobody had stopped him and said, excuse me, sir, are you where you need to be? And in, then in all fairness to all of us who are doing our jobs that day, yeah. we were making copies. We had five minutes between classes to get yeah. to where we were nope. supposed to be. I don't have time to confront a stranger. Do, you, no. do, does, do most schools, uh, and when you guys were there, did they have a security person? They have a police liaison officer yeah. who did not walk the halls. I see. He he had an office off the main office, and he just sat and, there. Well, he didn't just sit there. I'm not, not going to throw that guy under the bus or that woman right. under the bus. When they were there, they were actively dealing with other issues. Okay, like their door was closed most of the time because they, you know, had to search a locker, or there was a fight, or you know, there was some kind of social media post with two students, you know, bickering or nipping at each other that he had to bring them in and be like what's going on is this going to turn violent so they were really busy already doing because honestly doing like a guy what you would people would think would be a guidance counselor kind of job but guidance counselors don't do 
a lot of that social emotional things in a high school, they're busy doing test scores and trying to get kids in college and scholarships and all that other stuff. So it fell to the police liaison to kind of do this kind of social emotional piece. And so, yeah, I, I don't. So in my school now, um, we have an officer and he walks the halls all day. Okay. okay. Um, So that changed. He has his taser, his weapon, his whatever like the big vest full of the stuff big vest full of all the things the radio um and he can talk to that we have an mm-hmm. sro in our middle school as well um and like yeah if there's fights or or, or whatever like that's the first person that you yeah. want to show up they're not always the first person there because if they're across the building yeah like a, if a fight breaks out we just leave our classrooms if it's near us and like run you know pull how, how big is your school if right a now? fight breaks out let's like yeah Okay, so it's yeah, not, it's not like it's not you guys are told or you guys have been told that Dude, if a fight breaks out way. not to get involved. No, don't get in the way. Because what if it's it, like two girls fighting? Doesn't matter. Can't way, just break so them apart. I don't. I find so I did that once. I picked up yeah. a girl. Um, okay, that was actually kind of fun. Um, I mean, because like I, I felt like okay, well, I stop this. I usually go not because I think that I'm going to stop the fight because. Again, I'll just duck. Um, but my goal is to usually get all of the recorders of the fight to go to class. Okay. Go get okay. out of the hallway. You do not need to be here. This is not a a, a boxing ring. Go, yeah. go, go, go. Like you don't need to be here. Um, we actually for a while last month, I think, had ninth grade boys. God bless them. Mm-hmm. Um, ninth grade boys who were staging fake fights in <laughs> bathrooms and recording them. But okay. then one kid got jacked in the nose and wanted to like complain to the assistant principals. And he's like, you did this to yourself. Like, yeah. I don't know. No, 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 no. Sir. Oh, good. good. Um, but yeah, so good. like that's all happening still, you know, um, in the midst of who knows whatever else could be going down. I remember in the one we were at, I think it was my first year there, students honestly had a fight club. Yes. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And they were there was it was taking place off campus, but it was an organized they had a fight club. Oh my gosh. The fact that you even knew about it means they didn't know the first rule. Of but the club. idiots yeah. were talking about it in Holland. Yes. You coming to fight club tonight? And I'm just <laughs> like, one, you're breaking the rules. Two, yeah, what the hell? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you may have made like a statement about that in our class once. Oh, I think I did. I believe yeah. the first rule of Fight Club is that nobody talks about yeah. it. What are you doing? And I of course, and, and we taught freshmen, so they all went, "Oh, I can tell you about it," and they yeah, all yeah. talked about it. So yeah, there was dying too. I, but so, um, but but I mean, teachers like when I was teaching, you like you said, John, your first instinct is to get in between, break up the fight. They're like, no, you don't do that. One, because you're putting yourself in danger, which I thought was like, well, better me than the kid. No. Um, And two, like if during the breaking up of the fight, I put hands on a kid like in their face or whatever, then I'm putting my own professional career at risk Mm -hmm. to, I mean, and, and let's say it is John, two girls. I'm trying to break up a fight between two girls. I go like this and put my hands just out somebody runs into my hand i'm in trouble 
if you get my meaning. I know I totally get your meaning. I just I'm 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 flabbergasted that we've gotten this That's, stupid. That is what it has but come to. I, I'm sorry if that offends anybody out there, but I just that's that's just dumb. Like if you're going to like uh, somewhere along the line there and this is I'm going off on a tangent, but somewhere along the line, there has to be some sort of a common sense law that for some reason no one's ever created where they go. Well, he was breaking up a fight. It's OK. Like anyway, but anyway, let, let's well, let's stick the topic. It, it's. Um, well, you're talking about common sense, which is going to bring us to the next point, because um, what you're talking about is like there should be there should be that common sense where people go, we're just going to let teachers be teachers. They went to college for this. Some of them went to a lot of college for this, and so they should know what they're doing. But in some states, they've taken some of that power away from the teachers, and they said the books that you have in your classroom are no longer valid. We don't agree with those books. So they're Who's going we? to ban them. When you say the we don't agree. When I say it's the parents, it's it's the grand we. I see. Okay. Um, which maybe it's five parents that are trying to represent the whole, but it's a group of parents uh, that have lobbied politicians. And now the politicians are involved. And they say, uh, we're going to take away your ability to bring books into your classroom. The great state of Florida, they now have to register all of their books any book that you have in your classroom, along with any kind of visual, so like a poster or something you have hanging on your wall. So Daphne, I'm sure you have on your wall somewhere formulas, mathematical formulas that, that are there. In Florida, math teachers have to take a picture, fill out a form, send that to the state so the state can approve that poster as appropriate for a classroom. I have so many questions about that. Number one, who has the time in the state department of education to take care of that we can barely get our freaking licenses updated mm -hmm. the, on the years that they're due um but i digress uh yeah i the lack of trust in the yep. fact that like i went to college i have a degree in mathematics i know what i'm doing is shockingly low in some area like very low like uh, are you sure yeah i've been doing this for a while mm -hmm. also like i took algebra in 1996 so i'm pretty confident i can teach it still mm -hmm. thanks for asking um but yeah the 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 books stresses me out a little bit um because i have younger kids um like i i just ask them what they're reading mm -hmm. what are you reading Oh, you know, let me see that book if I have questions. That's like it's simple. Um, yeah. Some what, of the what are the what, what are the books that they're all reading? Math textbooks. So I got a lot of questions about Florida. Books. Oh, don't we all have questions about Florida? <laughs> yeah. Great so vacation exciting. spots, but yeah, I was yeah. gonna say the only place, the only questions I ask about Florida is where's the beach. But yeah, that's fair. I'm sorry, Johnny. What did you say? No, I um, what books were they reading? So my kids, um, in general, can read whatever they want. Um, that right, so, is... Greg, are you talking about just people, uh, just teachers teaching a, uh, bringing a book? So, John, do you remember the book To Kill a Mockingbird? Yes. Okay. So you remember the content of that book? Yes, I do. Okay. So that is one of the books that they're saying can no longer be taught because it uh, touches on topics that make people feel uncomfortable. Ah, isn't that like, the point of learning? Which is the point of the book, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's 
that is the point. Dissonance. I took a whole class about it. Yeah. But like, God forbid, we we allow people to experience that. Like, but that's that's where you learn. That's where you right learn. when you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. So we're nerfing the hell out of our kids. Yeah, absolutely. So that, they don't want their uh, they don't want their thinking challenged at all because it makes them feel uncomfortable. But that's what that's what it's supposed to be you're supposed to start to think about these things so and yeah so this is why we have anxiety that. in 20 year olds yeah because they have no they, idea how to do it well they, they get to the they yeah. get to the real world or they get to a college that is not banning books and they're right. forced to read things and they go what how in, interracial relationships what is this about i never learned about this in high school yeah Wow, that's crazy. If any, I know we have a whole three people watching us right now. If you guys are interested in making any comments right now or asking guys, some questions, yeah, ask some yeah. questions, let us know. Um, we will certainly answer them with two ex teachers or two one current teacher, one ex teacher. Yeah. Um, I'm just here because I look pretty. So I, I went um, corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so that that seems that seems so Nazi-ish. So it, if I, I yes. like, let me add just a little bit. So Florida also challenged um, like a, a ton of math textbooks because it talked about um, like SEL topics. So social emotional learning. Okay. And one of them that I looked at because like, that's my content. We don't talk about, like I said, I don't do emotions and feelings. No, very no often. feelings in math. No, <laughs> no. I, I, I believe I told our students when Greg and I were teaching together, you could ask Mr. Struly if you um, are having an emotional problem. That is not my jam. Um, <laughs> um, but so one of their textbooks was like kindergarten or first grade. And it was like um, encouraging the teacher to ask other students how they arrived at an answer and to encourage students to listen and like understand how other people answered the question and like this is something i do in like the first few weeks of algebra too with ninth graders is like how do you multiply numbers in your head how do you add numbers in your head because the the process in everyone's head is a little different and so it's kind of cool to hear like oh i do it by grouping this way or i do it by multiplying these first whatever and florida got real upset that they were asked to like understand other people's perspectives <laughs> oh my god and i was like but but i need them to to understand other people's perspectives because the alternative is if there's you know this is the way i solve this problem if i've got you know joe in the back of the room who did it another way without the understanding that other people might solve this a different way that kid's just gonna go that's stupid i did it this way no, no, but it's not stupid. It's just another strategy that mm. doesn't yeah, we arrive right. at different answers for or at the same answer in different ways all the time. All the time. Yeah. And I do want to point out because we are picking on Florida a little bit because they are the I easiest, most vocal target. This is happening everywhere. So like the math question of like, you know, the big why did they change math? They didn't change math. They just kind of are explaining it a little bit differently than the way you learned it because it's going to make more sense later on and they don't want to hear that so these arguments and and pushback is happening in the upper midwest so like i said we're picking on florida but it's not just florida yes math didn't change I'll just yeah for, um, for the 
three people who are listening, math never changed. We just let people go in whatever direction they want to go, as long as it's mathematically sound. So I always ask kids if it's math legal. And I was, I was outside of that because I'm not a math teacher and I, I never claimed to be. Um, so when we taught together, it was interesting because I was almost like the voice of the people in, in that respect. <laughs> when these kids would come in or their parents would come in and be like, why is this different? I said, I asked the same question and I was able to explain, okay, so here's what we teach in freshman year and it's changed. Yes, we're not doing you know, whatever skill set the same way we did in the 90s, because what we found out is when they get to trigonometry, do you want your kid to take trigonometry? Yeah, I want my kid to take trigonometry. Okay. When they get there, it's going to help them that we taught it like this here. When they get to trig, it's going to make trig easier. Do you want to make trig easier? Yeah, that makes sense. And then they went away. But some people didn't want to hear that, or some people aren't getting that and internalizing that message. And so they just think we changed math. Well, it's like it's skill transfer, right? Like I want them to have skills that will transfer to the next class or this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead of teaching it all in like separate silos. Like what we got, John, when you and I were struggling through. Math. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We don't need to go through what I went through. <laughs> it was a nice. Oh, by the way, Daphne, when I was telling you all my college math horror stories, John was right there with me. right there. Like right we there. were. What's ridiculous, and I'm going to go off on a little side story here, is one time Greg and I had to actually teach the class, and we oh, had God. no idea what was going on. That was terrible. Yes. Our yes. our professor just didn't show up. She and just when I say, didn't show up. When I say didn't show up, this was like the fourth time she didn't show up. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Yeah. yeah. It was it was in and the day that we taught, she was there, and there was a student who honestly was having a meltdown like an issue mm-hmm. yeah so i f- when you're the only teacher in the room usually you, you like somehow get the student out of the room or, or something like that and but you don't leave the room and then never come back um and so john and i were like what what are we going to do here what are we going to do and both being unafraid to talk in front of people yeah we he, we stood up and we went Let's go over the homework. Um, yeah, let's figure this one, out. And we wrote it on the board. Right. What'd y'all get? I got yeah. this. Did anybody else get anything different? Yeah. Okay, let's figure it out. Yeah. And it yeah. Was yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> we, uh, I actually, I, I, to be honest, I don't know how Greg got inspired to become a teacher after that event, but <laughs> he did. <laughs> because I, someone had to do it better. I mean, someone had to do it better than Deb. I mean, that yeah. it had to be better than that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, fun so times. so the I don't know where they're going to go with this book banning thing. I know that there are um, at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. There's an entire group. Uh, I served on their advisory board for a couple of years. Uh, the CCBC, the uh, it's like the Collective Children's Book Center, I think it was called, and their specialties in what's called a book challenge. Um, so if any parent comes in and says, we don't want this book taught because it goes against, you know, my morality or whatever it is, um, schools or anybody, public libraries can use them too. They can go to the CCBC and say, we have a book challenge. What do you have? And then oh, the cool. uni- they use the power of the University of Wisconsin and their research abilities to go out and find all of the book challenges on that particular title and then come back and say, here's all the research that's been done around that and try to 
the counter arguments to to that parent's objection and that was a that was cool to be able to sit on that board and and be able to see that and maybe i'm just throwing in common sense and nobody has an actual answer for this but why can't you tell a parent hey this makes you uncomfortable because it i don't know it upsets you in some way why why can't you just parent and work through that with your child so I will say, like, I'm friends with a bunch of English teachers, and I will okay. say that this this comes up a lot more for them. Um, and they've shifted from everyone must read To Kill a Mockingbird right. to we're gonna teach, we're gonna learn about this topic, and it might be, uh, I have no idea. Um, I know, like, uh, in like eighth grade, they did the Holocaust or whatever. Sure, okay. Yeah. Um, so then there was like four books that they could mm-hmm. choose from and they're like different levels like reading levels right because you got some kids who are super strong readers um and some who struggle more um but that also opened up the door for if a parent is like um this this book is it's too graphic and like some kids it it's traumatic for whatever reason they may have experienced something having an alternative is good mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not opposed to having the alternative and so it opens the door for the teachers to have that like ready-made alternative. It's the like, I don't want my kid to read this. So none of you should read this. Yeah, That's where I like really struggle as a parent, as a teacher, like your choice for your family shouldn't be dictating the choice Correct. for every family. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, that's mind blowing to me. Yes. And there, even just to have a copy of a book in a library that's that's what gets me if you don't want it like you said kids have more choice with reading than they ever did i mean we're going to do a topic here's the list of books you can choose from i think that's great because for all the educational reasons that that is a sound practice um but just having the book in the library sitting on the shelf and the parent goes sideways and now the librarian has to register every book in the library because they had one copy of something um that right. I think one copy is, that like may have fit some theme or it may yeah. address, um, you know, I mean, I know this is going to be a shock to everyone, but um, high schoolers, some of them have sex. <gasps> well, uh, okay, see, I knew it. Um, it and so like, not, not mine. No, 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 <laughs> never. Um, but the fact that there are books in the library that include characters who are considering that choice yeah. and thinking about the options and what does that mean and how does that impact me and like what is the fallout if i choose yes or choose no or whatever that's super important yeah. Yeah. well isn't that what degrassi junior high is all about yeah that wouldn't make it in today's schools <laughs> yeah no kidding not a chance yeah no you're absolutely right uh like it's like we're trying to shelter them from the real world and it's like when they actually have that um life experience in front of them and they have nothing to go on because they've been bubbled or nerfed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's a danger. It's going to be. I'm I'm interested to hear because I've got a daughter going to college next year. Like, what's that? I know, I know. Um, what with the stories that she's going to come back with of maybe someone who now where she's going to school. I don't know if there'll be that many sheltered people, but there could be, there's going to be some, there's always going to be some like, how are they going to handle that? Like, what's it look like for an 18, 19 year old in 2023, 2024 to be exposed to the real world and those real world 
topics. Consequences. I mean, and what consequences as well, but everything from just choice, like yeah. having choice to read what they want, read what they want, go where they want. You know, no one's going to be kicking them out of bed to get to class. I mean, having that kind of life along with, Hey, you're surrounded by people that are not from your culture, or you're going to go to a party and you may see a same sex couple that you've never, you've never seen them out in public before. Like, what is that going to, how are they going to handle that? And I'm interested to see what she comes back with. Like, there's going to be lots of conversations when she comes home for Christmas break, just being like, what'd you see? How'd you handle it? What'd your friends do? Who's the weirdest? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would it's it's going to be weird. She's going to college in Madison. So she's going to see some weird shit. I mean, that's just sure. what's going to happen. That's awesome. I would think it'd be the same thing as, as us. It's going to be a lot of the same thing as us, but you I and I knew say, about I mean, it we know in. a lot of people who didn't get up and go to class, ended up bailing out yeah. their first year, you know, drank away the first half of freshman year. Or our year. first time we ever saw two gay guys holding hands walking down the street. I mean, that's that's all happened to us where at first we're like, oh, oh, that's, oh, okay. I've never actually seen it live. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Right. Well, and I've... I I've no. said this on the on the show before. I didn't have my first conversation with an African American until my freshman year of college. Yeah, we did just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did okay. Did okay, just next fine. next yeah. topic. Moving on from banning of books, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit government oversight. Now, what is what's the state of Wisconsin doing right now? Because I'm a little bit out of that. Are they digging in? their heels on some of the oversight i mean hang on let, let, let's talk about oversight for the people that don't know what's going on what is oversight okay. what, what do you so that idea that the like i said you've got professional educators right mm -hmm. people that have bachelor's uh master's degrees phds sometimes multiple of each that they are experts on how to educate their the children in a specific uh age group on a specific topic okay but then you have politicians coming in who have never spent a day in the classroom, who have never taken one education class, or if they did, if they were a teacher, they weren't a teacher for very long because they moved into politics. Okay. And they're going to make the choices or the decisions on what can and should be taught. And they're superseding the experts in the field. Like, would you go to a nuclear physicist? Wow, that would really as, piss me off. Yeah. Would you go to a nuclear <laughs> physicist and then say, you know what? Uh, I have a bachelor's degree and I have a law degree. I, 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 I've got it, a, it's I've got it's my, all back to the I, well, I went to a went, Holiday Inn. Yeah, I went to Harvard yeah, Law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is how you're going to run your nuclear plant. Yeah. Yeah. So Wisconsin hasn't been too wild. I mean, other than okay. we have state standards and mm -hmm. teachers were a part of creating those. Um, yeah. I know people get all like weird about Common Core wrecked everything. It didn't. Mm -hmm. Common Core is a list of when things should be taught so that if your kid has to move to a new state, yep. they're like borderline on par. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you were still there, Greg. We had a student, I think it was my last year there, so must have been after you, yep. who like moved from Alabama and he was a junior in ninth grade algebra. He had never seen math with a letter in it before. No. Never. Oh my God. So he was seven. 16, 17, never seen math oh, wow. with a letter in it. And like, wow. you know, my fourth grader sees that, like they don't yeah. teach algebra, but everybody knows how to like 
four plus question mark equals seven, what goes in for like they can do it, yeah. right? They change the question mark to an X, which means what? they're doing algebra in first grade. Yep, they do it all the time. So so Common Core fixed that issue more or less. Um mm -hmm. Wisconsin for the most part is not coming in and changing curriculum. Like we can still, you know, teach AP everything. Like nobody's telling us we have to change that. Um, which is good. What I'm seeing more of, and like not so much in my district, but like just in conversations with people I know who teach across the state, is like school boards are deciding right. now, like, oh, well, we need to make it so that we get final say in that curriculum. And like, that's not your your role. Your role it's is not. to say, hey, hey, thank you, experts, for telling us what the best option is. If you think this is good, we're gonna purchase it. Great, moving on. And so again, it's it's people who went to school, so they think they know how school works. But like, when was yeah. the last time they were in a classroom? If the last time they were in the classroom <clears throat> was more than five years ago, mm -hmm. the classroom looks different now. I, I would even go a step further and say, I don't think half of the district administrators should be making decisions on what curriculum is there. Um, my last year teaching, and you remember who was principal at that point. I sure um, do. Yep. Still and bad. and no. Oh, uh, no, no. He that oh, that dude that was guy. there. That the guy, guy that was the that, head principal. That guy. Yeah. Got He's you. not there anymore. He left oh, shortly after yeah. I did. He got kicked out. Um, sure but that guy, who uh, his classroom experience was that he had spent four years teaching uh, AP chemistry mm -hmm. in a very large district. Uh, was telling me that my, at that point, 15 years of te uh, teaching special education was equivalent, like he knew better on how to teach special ed kids in his experience in AP Chem than Which I did. likely had maybe one special ed kid. I, I don't think, I would guess, maybe. I don't think in 15 years I had one kid in AP Chem. And and not to say it can't happen, but I know I didn't it's have that not experience. common, right. Yeah. yeah. And he was telling me that he knew better how to teach in my field. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. So that's where I, I'm like the, the district administrators or even the building administrator, you're at, you need to take the advice of the people that know what they're talking about. And it's usually not you. Unless you taught for a long time in that field, shut up. What do you think is causing that? Power trips? A little bit, a little bit of power trips. I mean, a lot of it comes down to even with curriculums, it's like budgeting. Mm -hmm. which it's, so it's, money. it's also I think now it's coming from like outside pressure like yeah. they're trying to make it so that we don't at the, the teachers the front line or whatever isn't getting the complaints from parents saying like oh well I don't want them learning how to do this or, or that or whatever like so they're trying to take the heat off of us but it's it's not all that helpful yeah. because then it hamstrings us yeah do you do you guys do you feel currently you're getting more parent pressure than you used to? So that's hard for me to answer because I'm in a very different demographic. Okay. In this school district than my last one. Um, anybody, but, any of your, anybody that you know that feels that way or? Um, there is a small pocket of very loud dissenters or whatever who mm. are frustrated with everything and so if you you know don't 
do the things the way that they expect you to do them. Mm-hmm. They're going to make sure that you hear about it. Your superior hears about it. Your everyone, mm-hmm. everyone all the way up the line. Um, the, the they probably do the same thing at Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it just like trickles down. Um, it is, it is a, a strange animal to know that every person you're talking to has has attended school and therefore thinks they know what school looks like. But very few of them have been or have lived with teachers to know what that looks like. So I used to get emails of like, hey, why haven't you put in my son's algebra test? Uh, He took it at 2.30 and it's, you know, six o'clock. I'm home with my family. I'm not doing that right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I expect, I expect that turnaround. Like, I don't, I don't know why you would expect that. Um, it's, it's very strange. On the other hand, there are also parents who like intrinsically trust that the school will handle all the things. And when their kid is struggling or failing and you could reach out 47 times and the parent will still say, well, like that's a school problem. The school will handle it. Please, for the love of Pete, respond and, Mm -hmm. and and partner with us so that we can fix this. Okay. So we get both sides. And it's really odd. I, yeah. I always got annoyed with, you know, someone, a parent that knew someone on the school board, because then they would try to leverage that. And, you know, I, I don't care what Ernie, who owns the car dealership on third and is on the school board. I don't care what he thinks, how my classroom should run. He has like, go away. Like you don't belong here. You have no idea what this is like. And here you are sticking your nose in, in teacher business or, or he thinks he knows how to, how classroom management works because he runs a business and you're like, great. It doesn't work that way. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a very different animal, right? Like nobody's paying directly for you to teach their kid or for the kid to be sitting there. So like how I handle my employees is not how 15 year olds operate. Nope. It's just not. So there, there was that. And then the, I was at one district that they literally almost had me shadowing a kid um, because the kid's dad was on the school board and the kid was a higher needs student than the norm, I would say. Um, but he was certainly, uh, most of his issues were uh, physical in nature. Um, like cognitively, the kid was sharp as a tack. And I'm like, I don't need to sit in on his science class. Like, I just don't. He gets it. And I taught him a couple strategies of how to, you know, he got the notes, he got everything. I mean, he was good, but I still had to go and like sit in his classroom and just watch him because the dad was on the school board and the the administrators were afraid of him. And I'm like, this is no way to teach his kid. So that happens a lot. I mean, that was a little bit of the oversight that I saw. Yeah. Um, Again, folks, what we're talking about here is just kind of like the problems or what a teacher faces every day and how kind of, um, in my opinion, how crazy it's getting at school places where you're taking away the teacher's ability to teach because they Mm -hmm. have to juggle 1400 other different things, it seems. So if you guys have any questions on live on you live on Facebook, now's the time to fire them away. All three of you. So <laughs> <laughs> it's gone up and down. Yeah. Um, we are going to move to the last topic, but again, uh, so far we've covered school shootings, books, banning, 
government oversight. And now we're going to come into one that's probably going to either they're going to get louder. Or they're going to stay quiet because they don't want to ask. Um, <laughs> there are so many issues surrounding uh, diversity, inclusion, um, and then uh, I kind of looped into there the LBGP, LBGTQ plus uh, because that is a one of those hot topics out there of like, you know, how do we handle these kids on our school district? And it, even the story, and I don't know if you heard this over by you, but I heard it. Uh, so I live between two bigger school districts and one said it was happening. So like Oconomowoc said it was happening in Watertown, Watertown said it was happening in Oconomowoc, that they had heard that there were literally litter boxes kept in the classroom for students that want to identify as a cat. And I would have to talk people off a ledge because they were like all up in arms. They can't believe that the school is bowing to this. I said, that's not happening. Yes, it is. It's not happening. So I saw someone who said they saw it. I'm like, if it's not on social media, because that would be all over social media, it's not happening. My response to that. So my dad told me that at one point. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, yeah, dad, dad, dad. Um, as a person who lives in the world, do you think any janitor would be game Correct. for cleaning that? Also, do you think any health department would approve it? That like that's insane. No one would be okay with that. Right. So this is great. This is what we're what we're doing here is we're debunking an urban legend. <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Because okay. it makes absolutely no sense. I yeah. mean, and people pretend like this is brand new. I went to high school with a girl who wore a tail and cat ears uh often. I yep. know um at our school when we were teaching, um, next door to me, my very favorite uh, math teacher friend, he had a student who wore ears and a tail, and I'm pretty sure she meowed only to him yeah yeah oh but yeah i do re yeah. i do remember her yes she did i swear to you she only meowed to him but i think it was only him too like I think, it was because i did I hear her he speak her before nervous yeah. to be well he's a big scary guy yes <laughs> he doesn't believe that but yeah so scary um but anyway it's not new that that a kid might you know try to be different in yeah. some way shape or form um it's just now we have to pretend that they that have a right or no that they have to we have to pretend that that's a legit like if that if that person wanted to only be a cat now it feels like we have to actually give them a space to be a cat well so i think that that's also like a bit of a misnomer i don't think anyone is actually saying please only treat me like a cat okay. uh, maybe maybe kindergartners um, and they're weird and they <laughs> will change their mind tomorrow and they'll be a dinosaur and oh, then yeah. they'll be regular oh, and yeah. then they'll be a princess. Like who knows, right? Like right. who knows? Um, what I see more is, you know, students who are trying to figure out who they are, right? right? Like if you remember you at 14 or 15 or 16, like you that, and maybe, maybe I'm just overstepping for who I was, but like, I was maybe a very different person at 14 than I am now. Oh, yeah. Like, I was Jean Claude Van Damme back Thank then. God. Oh, I heard that on your last episode. Yeah, I was Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> um, I was um not a nice person. I was like a, 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 I was a cheerleader, and I did school well, and I just thought that I was better than everyone. Ah. <laughs> um, I, I mellowed a little bit. I mellowed, <laughs> as uh, we all do. But 
like I think we're we're talking about like a, a demographic of people who do not know who they are and who right. they are going to be. So they try on a lot of things, right? And like ninety percent of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, all of that, it's just just treat the kid like mm-hmm. like a human being. I have I have a homeroom student. We keep our homeroom students all four years, and I have one. Oh, nice. I've known I've known her now for two years. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Um, and last year she went by one name. She this mm-hmm. year she went by a different name, and it's they. And I don't understand it, and I don't need to. They came up to me. They said, mm-hmm. "This year, can you call me this?" And I was like, "Sure." Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I go by they them, but it's okay if you forget. And I was like. Sounds good. Um, right. And to be honest, like this particular child has been through a significant amount of like family trauma. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how she they are handling that. And this might be one of those coping mechanisms. And you know what? Who am I to stand in the way? That's a it really takes, good point. It's a really good point. Zero, zero effort on my part to refer to them by the name they prefer. I don't care. It's interesting because teachers have to, and I think everybody should fall in the middle of this kind of where you've got a student, and I'm just going to use the cat thing again. You got a student that wears ears and a tail, meows every once in a while, and generally, I, I think I want to be a cat. And you go, okay, every time you get on a line, I'm going to squirt you with a water bottle. And they go, well, no, not that much. And you go, okay. And but they just want to be who they are. They want to be a name. They want to wear that. Awesome. Whatever. To the extreme of like, we're keeping litter boxes in our classrooms and you're going, that's not happening. Like there, there's a line in there of what's going to be possible and what's not. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I actually had the argument with my stepmother. <laughs> Cause after right. we, yeah, you and I had that talk a while ago yeah, we did. and you explained, you broke it down to me. And then I was like, that makes so much sense now. And then I was like having that argument. So every time this comes up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have you refer to, you know, episode 140, two teachers talking about it. Yeah. now. <laughs> I remember it's, it's not a big ask, like 90% no. of the time. It's not a big ask. It's whether it's something that this kid sticks with for the rest of their life or not it literally doesn't matter. They're in my classroom for maybe a year, maybe yeah. a couple. Yeah. If they want me to call them, you know, whatever. I had an English teacher who for no reason whatsoever, other than she wanted to, called me Barbie. That was not my name. I think I wore pink one day. And so that's what she decided to it. call me for a whole year. I wrote it on all my papers. She called me that. I only responded to that in class. I didn't it, it didn't stick. It's just, just a thing. That's what we did. Did you, did you want to be called Barbie? I, I truly didn't she? care. She just kind of thought it was funny. Oh, um, okay. Like, and if you oh, had brought it up and went, yeah, I'm not down with that, she'd go, okay, okay. I got to learn your name then. Um, yeah, I, I honestly think that Daphne was hard, harder for her to say. She had a bit of a little speech thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think Barbie was probably easier to pronounce, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Oh, I remember when I taught in middle school, uh, there was a student who physically was a little person and for Halloween one year, he wore his, uh, his sister's flower girl dress and it was hilarious. I mean, the, the kid was, <laughs> the kid was already very funny. And then he walked into school like that and I'm laughing and there was, uh, a very well seasoned science teacher and she was pissed. She's like, we should send him home to change. And I go, Why? 
she's like, he can't wear that all day. I'm like, why not? It's Halloween for one thing. It's a Halloween costume. That's what he's wearing. She's like, well, it's inappropriate because he was a, a boy wearing a dress. And I was like, nope. In fact, he can wear that every day of the week if he really wants to. And you can't say a damn thing about it. And she was, she was not happy with me. I didn't care. But that's, I mean, you've, her, your point as a teacher is not to comment on a student's dress, their look, their name, even if they're coming from a different morality or uh, uh, social background, whatever it is, you're not supposed to care about any of that. Your job is to teach them math, science, history, or whatever class they're taking from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the only time we, so actually I should back up our dress code, um, for my school changed recently to mm. be far more like, uh, genders more or less removed completely. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not the like girls must wear it's like, uh, your undergarments can't show, um, yeah. that sort of thing. And it's, it's blanket for everybody. So, um, and, and it, you know, your swimsuit areas or whatever has to be covered, that sort of thing. So it's super generic. We don't have the like two finger wide straps mm -hmm. and how long is your, whatever, it's ridiculous. The only things that we're ever like dress coding kids over are things that are inappropriate or illegal. Yeah. You know, like if, if I've got a kid with, you know, weed leaves on their shirt or something okay well you can't wear that to school i don't care that your mm -hmm. mom bought it for you you can't wear it to school um you know i try not to get too stressed out when kids you know, have stuff written on their arms i mean i did have to call home for a girl who had um and i will explain it the best way i could an active um penis drawn on her back and i was like oh no no we're not you can say hard on on this podcast it's fine um, it was coming we'll oh wow wow in what direction i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Over her shoulder. was it like no, on the but, shoulder and you know what? or was it like no. on side? <laughs> no. wow so so she no. what had like a so back like a, a backlit dress or something uh yeah like so she was wearing like a tank top and someone probably you know one of her oh, just drew it on there oh okay it. Wow. Oh, I thought you meant it was on her shirt. Oh, it was artistic. No. Literally what? drawn on her body. I love to have that happen yes. to our house. Like my daughter comes, <laughs> I'd be like, what the hell? I I never thought I'd get a call like this, you know? Okay. But here's the best part. That dad was like, yeah, we, we, um, let her express herself. Oh God. And I, See, like, and I, <sighs> I can, I, I mean, I even, I explained it as best I could, um, mm -hmm. without embarrassing us all. And I was like, that's fine. It's just, that's not appropriate for school. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just, it's just wow. not like, but, sorry, and dude. then again, but there are schools that go in the other direction. Um, I have a niece that goes to a school. They don't allow like sweatpants in the school. Yeah, Like it's, that. it's, they're like, well, children just can't learn in that relaxed environment. And I'm like, <laughs> have you have you ever been to college? I mean, holy yeah. shit. Right? Yeah. Like that would roll up what? in the same pajama pants three days in exactly. a row. Exactly. I mean, it... I changed my shirt. Thank you. <laughs> you, cha you changed the one shirt, but maybe not the hoodie that but you've been wearing for a week right? straight. I mean, that's yeah, I I don't that's I don't I don't get that. I mean, and the answer is kids learn in whatever they're comfortable in. But yeah, the the but, the but the ejaculating the penis, <laughs> you know, uh, on somebody's shoulders. That, that might be too much. that was too much. Yeah, that, that was, was much. that's over there. But like and you I, said, you said a really important word there. The kids have to be comfortable. 
Yeah. Like they can't, they can't be terrified that the teacher's going to call them out for something. They mm-hmm. can't be, um, you know, so concerned about what the people around them are thinking or doing or saying or whatever. Like, I've, I think we try really hard to make it so that kids can be functional human mm-hmm. beings in our schools. And all of this like extra nitpicky stuff isn't really a problem for us right like i don't if that kid wants to be sam today and samantha tomorrow i whatever fine write it on your paper i'll figure it Mm -hmm. out just write your last name too just in case i like that just write down your code number and we're good (laughs) you're you're not a name to me you're a number (laughs) i like that uh you got anything else g uh, not really. I, I think we've covered all the topics. We're about at an hour. Very sorry our other guest wasn't able to show up. So no, express to her no. that. Hope she's terrible. okay in terms of yeah. uh, he or her. I don't. It was, it, was a girl. Yeah. it was a girl. Hope she's uh, she's traveling like she's safe traveling. I do have a question for you in terms of um, active shooters. Do you think there there should be more training or do you even want there to be more training throughout the year of, of how to do that? Because I'm very much on this opinion that you can train in a perfect scenario all the time or you can train in uh, like that blank thing. That sounded like a fantastic idea because now for the first time you actually heard what it sounds like in a hallway and it scared you. And I think that's important because the next time it happens, you'll absolutely know what that was and there's a less stress involved in that or maybe i shouldn't say that your stress will probably be high because what the hell is that happening for you know so right um i would say i think that it would be the best if there was any sort of level of consistency okay i've i've been in four different high schools in my career that's not a lot to be honest but um the response is different in all of them and it should be because the buildings look different and there's yes. different rendezvous points and all of that but the who says what and who releases this and who does that like any sort of level of this is what a response looks like would be fantastic and i don't know who who's supposed to coordinate that um but the one thing i did like about the the shooting the blanks terrifying drill was that our police department was there kind of running Mm -hmm. it and saying this is what it would look like if you called us we would do this then we would do that like that was helpful Mm -hmm. um, for us um because i don't i don't know what door police officers have access to i don't who's supposed to let them in i don't even know Mm -hmm. i don't know that's a okay so you would think more training like that that was helpful that day terrifying but helpful (laughs) Yeah, something where there was a, and here's what the expectations would be. I think when we practice and practice and practice all of these different options, like you come up with things that sound good in the moment, but are also completely insane. We talked about breaking windows and I'm not breaking a window. I'm not, I'm not breaking a window. That was the last year when you and I I talked together, that was the plan. And we were on a second floor. What was the plan? Uh, break the window and drop the kids out the window. Okay, sounds. And we were at, and we were on a second silly floor. If you're they're, second floor, they're looking at that. They're like, "Well, it's not that high. They they won't die. Like right. that fall's like, not going to kill them." That okay. was a conversation we all had, and then we were yeah. like, "Okay." And then we have to get the what was it a mile down the road to the mm-hmm. rendezvous place? Yeah. Like okay, but how many students do we have now that 
I can't carry a high school kid for a mile, right. especially if they have a broken freaking leg now. Well, obviously, you need and, to add that into your training. And the, right? I guess the I need crazy, to train. Because we had a student who, for some weird medical reason, stopped walking. Like, yeah. like she lost yes. the use of her legs. And I was like, at first I thought she had just like hurt herself in like an athletic. And then she's like, no, I just woke up and I couldn't walk. I'm like, well, when does that go away? She's like, don't know. Oh my God. So then we had to have conversations and I'm talking with, you know, admin and the police. I'm like, so what happens if we've got like the fire drill or the shooter or whatever? And <laughs> the, the common thing at that point was you might have to leave her. What? That right, was, right. I was told if it's the 30 students and the everybody else or her, you're going to have to take care of the group and not the one. I was like, holy shit. Wow. I was like, no. <laughs> like, wow. that's, right. But no. also, no, I can't do it. Uh, and, and I think in the end, like we, we want to, we want to know what the options are. I don't know that there's ever going to be a, you did all the things right. Like if, no. if, if things go sideways and somebody comes into a school and it intends to do harm, they're going to do harm. Man. I don't know that any amount of training can stop that. And I don't know that any amount of training is going to get me to be able to flip the switch no. to not. I mean, honestly, I have two kids in a family, like self-preservation is still mm. there. I, because I don't teach really young kids, I don't feel that same, like, I must protect all of them. Like I said, most of them are bigger than me. Um, I had, oh, Greg, oh, remember the kid that ended up going, he brought a bullet to school? Yeah, that was my kid. Yeah. Um, there was a kid in that same class that was like, if he does that again, I'll protect you. And I was like, um, no, that's okay. You just... Yeah. I'm good, <laughs> but like <laughs> they all can and and like they all have their own plans too. So I don't I know. See. I, I want to say we can. The, fix it. What are your thoughts I mean, on? We can fix it. We can fix it because guns. But you know. yeah, and, and you said like if someone's going to come into school intending to do harm, they're going to do that. But certainly, if they don't have a firearm, that's going to certainly decrease the amount of damage that they can do because yeah. the plans that we're talking about everything. Every single plan is a reaction to a situation. There has been no pro, like the the proactive approach or trying to stop it before it happens. You can't train for that. There's nothing you can do other than just try to recognize that the kid's having an issue. But like you said, if they're going to come in, they're going to come in with the intention to do harm. But you hear about the kids, they can't get a hold of a gun, so they bring a knife. They cut some kids, maybe they and stab a couple most of those kids live and the the uh the assailant is apprehended, apprehended. Uh -huh. harmed yes they are they are apprehended they're harmed but they're alive and then you can start to start to get them into therapy and figure out what was going through your head and start to analyze that wherever it's a shooter you mean, you mean they're gonna easy die. access to weapons that can take out a lot of people all at once is part of the problem I think it, I think it is. And so this is coming from someone who I believe in the second amendment, right? But I also believe that there are things we can do that support both. Yeah. There, I think for sure there is a happy medium to that. Um, 
my last my last question what do you what are your thoughts on actually both of you i don't know if you guys have seen it i'm sure you have that texas lady who that got with that company that designed panic rooms in her classrooms yeah, yeah. why are you guys laughing about that like explain <laughs> that that seems like a great idea to me i got two problems with it sure. number one that's got to be expensive as hell okay um and they don't have money to buy new textbooks you tell me they're going to install those number two some classrooms are already really small and we're trying to shoehorn 30 kids in there and you want to give up a quarter of that space for a panic room i got questions no the panic room that pulls out yeah like it's it's, still it's, gonna, it's against the wall yeah, yeah. but it's, it's still going to take about a foot of room when once you pull it out right is what you're talking about or are you no, talking about as it's, no it's like there? as it's flat against the wall yeah. i mean right it's gotta it's gotta have some it still has like this much like this is a, this is a wonderful math problem that you should integrate into your lesson of like okay here's the dimensions of a panic room so when we flatten it how long how much of that space is going to take over um when it's flat on the wall it's still going to come out of the wall like at least that much because and i don't know i don't I can just imagine how many students would like if they were sitting next to it would be like poking holes in it. Yeah. Like if they're in a geometry class or stabbing it with a compass all day, every day, like, is it going to be rigid enough? We had little gimmicky things um, at our last school that had like ropes that like hooked okay. to the doorknobs and you could like lock them down. And it seemed like super simple and it should have worked perfectly. But, you know, when kids get up, they move around the room, they would fuss with the lock things. And then they would, <laughs> mine got locked to the point where I couldn't unlock it. And so when we had to do a drill, I couldn't use mine because I couldn't open it mm -hmm. to put the rope around the doorknob to latch it tight. It was insane. Um, but like all those things, I, I mean, if we're going to, we're going to do something, test run them uh, in a room of 30 teenagers. Yeah. And then, and then tell me how it works. With, with desks that are literally from the in, very, in the front of the, very front of the room, all the way butting up to that thing. Mm -hmm. Like when she did it, it was a big open space that she like unfolded this, like never seen or, a classroom with that much yeah, space in it. Yeah. I've, neither have I. And I've never taught in one. And not to mention that half the rooms that I, taught in were former file rooms or closets like i didn't get a full size classroom until i think my third or fourth building wow. what like a closet space yeah Seriously? yeah he doesn't have he wouldn't have a whole classroom full of yeah like, they, they didn't give it 30 yeah. at once a special ed room was not so you had like three size people. classroom oh i i would have like there was room like i would have seats for eight you know but it was it, with the eight in my room. It was. Are you, kids that are you ex exaggerating when you say closet space? Because mm -hmm. when I'm thinking of a closet, if you guys are telling me the rooms are small, I can only imagine what the closets are. Her her math room was a regular classroom for sure. Okay. Um, but in in one of the building or in one of the classrooms, like I, it wasn't even a classroom. It was an office. Like I didn't have a classroom. It was just an office where I was expected to uh, work with kids in at most like four on one. And if okay. it was four on one, that meant they were sitting at other teachers desks that I shared an office with. Um, and there was one school I was at, I think the second school I was at, where the day I got there on like new teacher day, I had to go to the janitor and be like, can you take file storage off my door? Because no one's going to find my room. I was down at the very end of a hallway. And it was literally a file room until they cleared it out and threw a couple tables in there. Wow. 
So, but that's the other thing. Like the panic room thing is set up for a classroom. A classroom, I, I have questions, classroom of how many, yeah. right? Like, because some of our classes, like elementary school is like 2024. 20, I sit at 26 to 30 sometimes. But um, high school, some high school classes are getting up to 40. Yeah. Depending on the class. But then also, like, what about band? What band? What about gym? Where what gym is gym? 80 kids. What if you're at lunch? What if you're in uh, like the library? What if you're in, yeah, a special ed classroom? Like, I think a lot of times people who think they know what school looks like only know what their experience in school mm. was. And- or, I mean, you guys made, you, you made up a great point there with the like lunch and gyms and the, I think the people design just a classroom. And the... Right, the, like choir's got 80 people. Where are you putting them? Yeah. And, and, and in a new school, like if you're if you're in a district that's building a brand new school, classrooms are like the last thing that get designed. They're designing these common learning spaces where it's almost like a foyer area where you can put all these learning pods and kids can move around from station to station. Or the like collapsible walls. Like yeah, oh yeah, those paper thin like, pieces of shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, you guys so have given me idea. <laughs> you guys have opened definitely opened my eyes to what teachers go through. I don't know how what's your uh what's your rate on alcoholics? <laughs> um, I think that I know a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Talk to them every there, Friday night. There was <laughs> yeah. Teacher happy hour is definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um uh Greg, I am I'm good. Are you? Yeah, yeah. This is this has been fun. Daphne, Thanks, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to uh talk to two middle-aged guys that well, Greg, you have more experience in this than I do, but definitely opened my eyes to what's I, going on. I wanted to know how it's changed because I haven't yeah. been in the that classroom setting in, in like I said, about seven years. So yeah. um as always, Daphne, fantastic to talk with you. I know. It's good to see you. Yeah. So as you're going through your week, uh, we're coming up a lot of, we're, we're getting to a point where a lot of people get to visit family as we've got a, a major holiday coming up uh, here in the U.S. So if you're going through that and you're stressing out about it, maybe your kids are going to be on spring break this week and be driving up the stress a little bit. Just remember as you're going from day to day, don't be a douche. There you go. So for Daphne, the Greg, this is Johnny saying, take care, have fun, have a good week. Podcast out, everybody. Take care.